Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? Hello, darling. Dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that because we were saying if everybody could get the conversations we have before we cast. Yeah. <laughs> we might Dude, lose a lot of listeners. I don't know if our views would go up, <laughs> they'd go down. But sometimes we just get to talking on some random thread. Yep. My ADHD is raging. <laughs> and we are talking about uh, some pretty interesting topics yeah. sometimes. We're like, how did we get onto this? So, but now I'm ready to focus. Now we're See? focused. Now yes. we we put on our professional podcast. That's right. Because we we've been you know well trained by uh by each other. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go. Uh, maybe maybe we need to work on some professional development. Yes, <laughs> yes, dude. Right now, I'm, what I need to do is get the uh, some of the random super stuff we were talking about yes. before. And get focused, dude. But yes, we did have a fun conversation. It was, yeah, it was. And good. We've been at it couple hours this morning we're doing some planning yep yep a little bit um, of breakfast in the morning and yep. then uh kind of getting our our next uh our next couple months really really scheduled out we well we we've got august and august. we've got october in october uh, we have yeah. so we, we got to go and fill in september yeah uh, yes yeah, so it's like dude we've written act one and act three that's right i'm learning in my writing program act two is always the hardest oh well, there you go so september is so. either going to be amazing yep or it's going to crash and burn right. and just pick up with us in October. Again. No, right. I'm confident September will be good too. And November and December are always easy. Oh, uh, we, we, you know, like there's there's always some variation of the same theme. December we're we're going to do something holiday related, oh, Christmas related. Dude. I love it. Um, and then November is always it always tends to be something more uh, more deep. You yes. know, and I, we don't know what it is quite yet, but you know we'll get there. But it it it, it brings us into the seasons. It does. Um, well, so yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, dude. And yeah, then, you know, who knows what January has? That's just a big black hole. Oh, for that, me right yeah, now. that's uh, <clears throat> there's that's an event always, horizon waiting right. for us in sometime in January that we'll figure out. That's right, uh, as we go. But no, I'm I'm excited to pick up where we left off, uh, yeah, on this one. Yeah, we are talking about um, the grace of the gospel, and this is part two. We, we spent part one specifically talking about, well, if you, if you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to it and go back. And listen to the one we did with Scotty Smith. Yeah, um, those two I think really are going to um, come together and capture what we're going to be talking about today. Part one, we really uh, we were we were talking about this idea that many Christians walk through the door of grace and then start cleaning up the house yeah. by themselves. Oh, dude, I like how you've tweaked the analogy. Um and yeah. and you know, I've got to I've got to pray more. Yep. You know, my prayer room's a disaster, so I've got to clean that up and I got to do that better. Yes. Uh my mission room, thinking missionally whether it's it's locally or globally, that's a disaster and I've got to start cleaning that up. Uh my my fasting room. Yep. You Greg, looking at you and I, we've never had a fasting room. Um, Dude, I fast every night for anywhere between six to eight hours. Well, not always. Sometimes I wake up and I eat something right. in the middle of the night. But you know, that's just to sustain me for this podcast. That's right. That, that's the only reason. That's the only reason you do it. It's yes. it's to serve you, the people. Yes. Um, but you know, your your fasting rooms. Okay, so I got I got to get back on and I got to do fasting. Oh. Now my Bible reading room is a mess, so I've got to get in. And I've got, and so we start doing, 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 spinning the plates. And I, it, it's interesting because this this actually just came to me. I think we can use. We see this actually very practically played out in Scripture mm-hmm. with Jesus and Mary and Martha. Yes, yes. Right. I mean, this is this is perfect. Jesus is there, teaching. Yep. And and I'm here. What are you going to do? Right. And what's Martha doing? Yeah. 
Dude, I love that you you did that. Yeah, the Mary and Martha story, you've got Martha achieving something for him. Yeah. And you've got Mary receiving him. Yeah. It's really a remarkable contrast. And it's interesting, Jesus doesn't castigate Martha for, for the doing. Right. But he is very clear that Mary has chosen what is better. Yeah. Because, of course, there's some doing. And we'll talk about this today. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll preview it just for now. But the doing to me is good when it's an overflow. Mm-hmm. When it is the catalyst to get closer or get something, we always crash and burn. Yeah. Because it ultimately denies the promise of the, just the goodness of the gospel and what it means for us, what it does for us. And it's almost like we, we yeah, again, yeah, that was good. That got me in the door. But Mary sitting there beholding him, yeah. enthralled by him, receiving him. And for Jesus to say, this is better. Yes. What? Yeah. Better than cleaning, working, being industrious? Right. We've got yes. dinner coming up in two well, hours. I, I, Come on. I know. And it's such a, a realistic story, too. Yeah. Don't you get it? You kind of <laughs> get there's good for nothing. Mary right. sitting there and uh, listening to Jesus teach, just enthralled by him. Uh, that that topic itself, dude. The the I said when I preached recently, I think it was this past Sunday, right? I, for me, this is so it's subjective. Yeah, I've not heard from heaven on this. My favorite stories are always Jesus with uh, the female characters. Yeah, yeah. There's just so many good ones. Yeah. Um, well, and at the time, right? This is the time. This is written. When we talked about evidences of of scripture. Yes. And the truth of scripture. If you're telling stories. Yeah. Are you going to make the the main secondary characters because Jesus is the main character? Yep. And we can't get around that. But the main secondary characters, are you going to make those main secondary characters women? Right. Who cares that Jesus is teaching to women? Now I say that because in that day, that was unheard of. Right. Yeah. That dude, was unheard no. of. No, you you don't take um and, and just to be clear, I think everybody knows this. Nathan and I are not saying what should be right but the reality is they were background characters right in the minds of first century right thinkers really roman or jewish if you want to boil it down to it um and the fact that they play such a central role in the life of jesus if it's is itself so revolutionary yeah um but yeah that story i'm glad you mentioned that Nathan. we didn't even talk about that no just came to you i can tell yeah it is very instructive yeah. For us. And I always say better to be beholding him yeah. and receiving from him than achieving something for yeah. him. Um, and again, you know, Christianity is the faith. It's the confession of what we receive, not what we achieve. Yeah. And there is achieving in Christianity. Sure. He's done it all. Sure. He has achieved. Right. He said it is finished. Um, you know, he said, I have completed the work my father has sent me to do. So there's a whole lot of achieving. Yes. We just don't do it. Right. And when we try to do it, we, 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 we start I, in one way or another seeing, I don't think this was up to me to do. Right. I don't think I'm the hero of the story. Right. Um, in well, our small stories, we do oh, some yeah. achieving. Yeah. Of course. In our small stories, you know, yeah. our educational accomplishments, our work accomplishments, yep. family accomplishments. Yep. There's the, the small stories, but in the grand scheme of things, yes. we are beggars at the, uh, you know, at the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? At the threshold of, of God's grace, right? Yes. We, are, we, we are just begging um, for what we could not achieve ourselves. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm um, well, let me take your house analogy. Yeah. Dude, if I can. Yeah. Unless you were going to prompt me <clears throat> or ask something. Go for it. I look like you were, and then I'm just, oh, I, I got so carried away with this. No, go for it, because, this, I mean, this is where we're going anyway, so take it I, away. I loved how you tweaked the analogy. Grace gets us in the front door, and then, you know, last week I think we said sometimes we act like it's the front door and the house is something else. Yeah. I like how you added that, that now we view our job, got us in the front door, and then we we clean up the house. Mm-hmm. Well, Grace got me into this new life. Now it's, I got to put it all, I got to work yeah. this angle. I got to work that angle. I got to work this angle. And it's very appealing because I still think at some level, we like to be told what to do. Yeah. Then I can check it off. Check, yeah. check, check, <clears throat> get things done, go to sleep at night. Well, um, what if 
we walk into a house and God tells us, oh, good, that grace that got you in, watch what I continue to mm-hmm. do in this new place that you live. Mm-hmm. Well, Lord, what, what about me? Well, watch what I continue to do. Yeah, It's just a totally different mindset. Um, and what I'm hoping I, will come out of this conversation for those of you listening um, would just either maybe just a, for some people a, a reorientation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know this, but it's so easy to drift from it. Yeah. But I always believe there's some people, I don't know if I've ever thought about this. Yeah. And that'd be cool if that happened too. Yeah, absolutely. The The idea of, of grace, right? And this is, I, I think this is where we fall short because let's be real, the Bible does point us to things to do. Sure. And so... I think where we get caught up is that we can actually do and accomplish them. Yes. And and that's that's the failure, right? We several weeks ago we talked about the idea and everybody pitches this, right? The Proverbs 31 woman. Right. This is who you are supposed to be. Yep, and wake up at 4 a.m. Right. Right. And and the reality is no 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 that even though this is this is a woman who's doing all this, right. this archetype, this this picture is yeah. a picture of Christ. Yes. This is who who is doing the doing. Yes. And everyone we see in scripture is always to point us back toward Christ because the reality is you aren't enough. Right. You can't do enough. And don't let that discourage you. Let that be good news because that's why Christ came. Right. That right. you are not enough. And, and you know what? Yep. I fully admit I am not enough and I can't do enough because because I can't. Right. And Christ came and he was enough. Yes. And he did enough. Yes. And I I receive that. Yeah. I receive what he did. And and I love how you said the overflow yeah. is going to be in the doing because yes, Christ did. And the disciples in the first century were called Christians right. because they did like Christ did. Yes. So yes, there there's doing, but guess what? In that doing, there's failing. And so we constantly have grace and are holding on to grace because guess what? We're constantly going to fail. Dude, uh, well said. Um, a verse that it, it means more and more to me the older I get. Many people are familiar with these verses, uh, beautiful verses, you know, uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God uh, for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Um, Yeah, I'm not ashamed, that's good. But the verse that precedes it, Mm -hmm. verse 15, after Paul introduces himself, gives a, a few kind of, you know, quick little updates about his plans or some things. He says in verse 15, so I am eager. Let, let's think about this, dude. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Mm-hmm. So let's play kind of a Paul's PR for, firm here. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute, Paul. Uh, it's not quite right. You're writing to Christians. They've already heard the gospel. Right. They've already come through the front door. Uh, I think what you meant, <clears throat> and let's get this right because it's going to be in sacred scripture. Um, the PR firm says, w- I think what you're saying is, I want to get to Rome and then I want to reach more unbelievers. Right. Um, or if he's talking to Christian, I want to get to Rome and I want to teach you how to read scripture better. How to read scripture. Yes. That's I want to teach you how to pray better. <laughs> pray better. Do more, try harder. It's just so interesting. He wants to come see them and preach the good news yeah. to you. Well, Paul, they don't need that. They've already had that. They're Christians. And now you need to teach them what to do, what to do. And once again, dude, here's the balance. There's a ton of teaching in Romans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, once you get to chapter 12, it's, you know, it's incredibly practical. Most of Paul's letters, you know, fall in, in a, a book like Ephesians. It's perfect. Yeah. Three chapters of who God is, what God has done. Yeah. Three chapters of the overflow. Yeah. Therefore, yes. in light of and now you understand that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Romans is a little different because Romans is his most theologically rich letter. Yeah. Um. In in at length, yep. one could argue Galatians is a is a pretty good runner up, but it's much shorter. But Romans, you've got eleven chapters 
where there's really almost nothing right. about what we do. And then chapter 12, yeah. it, you get into, therefore, in view of his mercies, you've got the over. So Paul gives a lot of truth first. And then there's the, um, again, what I would call the the, the organic yes. application of these truths, yes. how they work in our lives, as opposed to a, okay, there's eight plates, and you got to keep them spinning yeah. if you want to be a good Christian. Um, no, what we have is Paul reminding us who we are in Christ, what Christ has done for us, and now how that just organically works out in our lives and how we continue to align ourselves with it. But let's think about this. Yeah. He starts by saying, I want to get to the Rome to preach the gospel to you. Well, isn't the gospel um, God loves me? I'm a sinner who can't save myself. I can't I can't obey my way out of my dilemma. Yep. I can't work my way out of my predicament. So Jesus did it for me. Yeah. I got that. Now I'm in. Right. Think of the implications. Now what? <laughs> you know when you need that? You need that today. Yeah. Ma- Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, I'm, I'm going a little out of order in what was in my head, had one of the, the best quotes on this. I think we've talked about this in other contexts. He said, most Christians' problems come from listening to themselves mm. rather than talking to themselves. So think about, dude, you wake up in the morning and you're just kind of tired and overwhelmed. Oh, my goodness, you know, uh, my wife and I had this kind of ongoing argument. I'm not sure it's really resolved. I'm kind of frustrated. I also feel kind of guilty, but I'm still a little mad. You, know, you got all these conflicting emotions. Um, oh, my goodness, I can't believe. I feel like I just paid the mortgage. Got to pay it again. Oh, my goodness, I can't. I can't believe that I got to face this job. My boss was such a, a jerk to me yesterday. This is the first five minutes in the shower. Yeah. And he would say, we've listened to ourselves. Yeah. And we're a wreck. And he just offered that very helpful advice that if we talk to ourselves, and I think he's taking that from the Psalms. You know, I've always yeah. joked about yeah. the, the Psalms. You get some of those fun. I will say to my soul, soul, right? Uh, put your hope in God. <laughs> But uh, yes, there is a biblical self-talk. Yeah, and I think the best application of that in in the New Testament uh, New Testament ideas is preach the gospel to yourself daily. Yeah. So, dude, uh, to do that consciously and say, "My day is my day." Yeah. God loves me. I can't save myself. I can't fix myself. Jesus has come and lived the life. Like every single act yeah. that I should do today yeah. and I can aim to do today, I already know going in, I won't. I, even the ones I do well, it's far from perfect. Right. Jesus has, by the record of his perfect life, done all those things which God is worthy of, perfect fulfillment, perfect motivation, perfect obedience. He's done that for me. And he's paid the penalty for my sin. And immediately you start knowing, I belong to him. I'm his. He's my. There is such a different perspective when we continue to go back to the gospel. Yeah. And we continue to remind ourselves of who he is and what he's done. I, I think of that as a gospel or grace or gospel grace saturated life. Yeah. Right. And we know it from experience, dude. There's a difference. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because the the idea of like, okay, what does what does overflow look like? Yeah. Right. I mean that that can be kind of like a nebulous yeah. thing sometimes. And I had the fortune, um, uh, the blessing, God's providence, of being able to to demonstrate what this looked like to my students. Yeah. Um, so it's the end of the year. We're talking, um, and I said, okay, guys, you don't have an assignment. Per se, your assignment is going to be asking me questions right. theologically, and, and I'll just answer those. So, have you been thinking about this stuff? You're going to ask me questions to show me that you've been thinking through this material that right. we've been talking about. One of my students asked, So, we're told to preach the gospel. What happens if collectively every single Christian decided not to preach the gospel? What right. would happen? Mm. I said, That is an impossibility. Ooh. And here's why. 
we had just gone through making a big change at our school in student leadership. Yeah. Won't go into the details, but but basically students were not choosing students to yeah. be leaders. The faculty was choosing student leaders. Right. And the students who were chosen as the leaders were given the announcement privately and told not to say anything to anyone until the day of the announcement. Mm. We were going to make it a big upper school announcement, and they were told. Now, I'm an adult, worked with kids a long time. I knew that wasn't going to happen. Right. But I needed to put the caveat out there to just say this. And I, I asked them, because I had several who were chosen for leadership. I said, those of you who are chosen for leadership positions, I told you not to say anything to anyone about it. Yes. How many of you did that? Yeah. Not one person was able to raise their hand and say, I kept my mouth shut the entire time. Oh, my god. I goodness. said, this is what the overflow of the gospel looks Ooh. like, is that you have such Preach. news that you can't contain it. Yes. You are so excited about what is being done in your life and the work that God is doing in your life. Notice what I say, the work God is doing in your life, not right. the work you're doing, the work God's doing in your life, that you are now pushing that out there yes. because you can't think of anything better. The generosity you've been shown because of God's grace, you are now showing to other people. Yeah. The news of Christ's death on the cross, you are sharing with other people. Like This is what overflow looks like. Yeah. You are so excited, and you see it and understand it and is, has have such a vision for it that it just can't stay inside. It has to come out. Dude, I love it. Uh, I'll... I'll build on your analogy with the sports analogy, mm -hmm. which I know you're eager to hear. Always. Uh, yeah. Always. No, it's to say, I've thought about this before, having been to many Ravens games, yeah. right? Um, and, you know, they've generally been a, a consistently good team. Yep. They're always eyeing the playoffs, usually making the playoffs, and got a couple Super Bowls. In Not as good as the Patriots. Yes, yes. We don't <laughs> we don't speak of such things. We don't talk about the Patriots. We don't, <laughs> yes. Uh, things not to speak of, that would be one. But, dude, I'm going to give you Gracie because it's a Gracie <laughs> That's podcast. right. No. Yes, not as many as the Patriots or the Steelers. I don't like to think about that. <clears throat> but when I've been there before with my family, and uh, J.K. Dobbins, our running back, Right, you know, he he breaks a tackle, then breaks another tackle, and then he gets into the end zone. Went, mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! It looked like we were down, and just this perfect play, perfectly executed, great athleticism. And I know what I do, and the fans around me. It would be interesting to take a film of the reaction of the fan. I mean, let's just go through it. Uh, step one: everybody stands. Right. Step two: yes, everybody raises their hands yeah. in some way, fist bump, cheers, step three, everybody screams. Right. Um, you know, step four, guy with beer accidentally pours on person in front of them. <laughs> you know, what whatever if you could break down a film. Right. And then try to codify that in such a okay, this is what a good Ravens fan remember step one, wait, do I stand first? Right. Nobody's telling anybody anything. Yeah. You do it. Yeah. And it's work, quote unquote, right? It's, yeah. It's it, it just overflows because you're so caught up yes. in the glory of the experience, yes. right? Which ridiculous compared to the things we're really talking right. about. Yeah, because it's just a, a silly game. But I, I'm nobody needs every fan understands that. Yeah. And that could be about music. Yeah. Right? You're 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 getting the big crescendo and mm -hmm. the oh my goodness, you're yep. music. This is just incredible. This is coming together perfectly. Yep. Um Lisa and I and and my mother in law saw to kill a mockingbird at the at the hippodrome back in the spring. And um oh, who's the actor that played John Boy? His name is escaping me from uh Yeah, I know who you're uh, uh something Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, and um, I can't remember his first name. Richard is, is it, it Richard? Richard? It, it might be. Whoever Mr. Thomas yeah. is, and our fans could tell us that. Um, he did a really good job as Atticus mm -hmm. Finch. It was very well done. And um, there were moments that were so moving. Uh, you know, I was, wow. Yeah. You're riveted. So I'm doing things in my room. I'm leaning forward. Yeah. Uh, I'm sitting up. I might be sitting back. Yeah. I might be fighting back tears. You know, what, there, there are actual things that I'm doing. Yeah. That's what we mean by overflow. Yes. There is such, but the only way to continue, 
if it's a list yeah. that a good Christian does yeah. or a good sports fan does right. or a good music aficionado does, yeah, drudgery, yeah, dude. Well, and the it, only way to survive it is rote ritual right. stuff that's devoid of any connection. Yeah, it just it becomes habit. It becomes tradition. Yeah. There's nothing that's um, there's nothing touching you internally. It's just sustained. Yes. You mentioned the sports thing, but I, I will say this. You know I'm not a sports guy, mm-hmm. but here's the deal. When you are in that environment, yes, you cannot help but respond with the other people around of, you. Of course. And so that's the thing. I remember, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a sports guy, but I remember going to Super Bowl games over the years, you know, people, and just finding myself involuntarily, like, of course, I'm voluntarily doing this. This is my body, but like just getting caught up in this and in in cheering and and going through with this, I think that highlights the importance of the community around us, right? Yes. Because again, if if we are going to be a culture where grace is so saturated that we need to be a then then that needs to be what it, it needs to be a culture. It needs to be a community where we are together, yes. cheering one another on because that are those are the sweetest moments where you're doing it and you don't even realize you're doing it because this is what we're all doing together. Yes, exactly. Dude, I think that's key. And I, a lot of implications there for our worship, Yeah, our partnering yep. with each other when we're together. And there is something very contagious that happens yeah. that doesn't feel like self-generated. Yeah, And I think it's, it's something very supernatural, very uh, special. Dude, you know, our we still talk about it. It used to be in the early years kind of our slogan trademark was changed by beholding. Yeah. Well, that hasn't changed. Right. It's, you know, we uh I think our verbiage in more recent years has been geared to let people outside the church know what we're about. Yep. And then in coming in, we experience something together. Dude, I can't think. It, 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 I still think this is right. If there's a verse that the apostle Paul tells us the most clearly how people experience change. Yeah. Second Corinthians 3.18. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, the preceding context very quickly is Moses, mm-hmm. when he saw the glory of God. The Shekinah glory. The Shekinah glory, but, and it, it, it changed his very countenance. Yes. You know, and it's interesting. Moses had to wear a veil yeah. uh, ultimately because the, the afterglow almost of what he beheld... Yeah was so overwhelming itself for the people yes. that he wears this veil. It's it's it, Paul really seizes on this and makes a New Testament, New Covenant application. He yeah. says, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, this is the language of change, yeah. into the same image, the, 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 the glory of Christ. I love the... I love the, uh, the imperceptible... This next phrase is brilliant... From one degree of glory to another. Yeah. Not like you're conscious of it. It reminds me of your kids, dude. Like last night, I don't know if you saw, we were at the the ball game. Mm-hmm. So you are a sports fan, dude. And my father was there. Did I show the picture of Isaac? I, I, you might have been in another I showed a few people. Okay. He found a picture of my son, yep. my 16-year-old son, when he was like eight. And okay. we were at the Iron Birds game. Oh, really, nice. Really cute picture. And I think, oh, my goodness, people that I haven't seen for eight years, there's always people in that yeah. category. If they saw Isaac, oh, my goodness, I never notice it. Right. Because it's day by day, little by little. Yep. It seems like nothing's happening. So think about this whole thing. We all, with unveiled face, beholding, that's Mary, Yeah. at the feet of Jesus, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Now, here's the grace of it. For this comes through our strong, disciplined human efforts. Oh, wait. (laughs) Brother, I'm sorry. It doesn't say that. (laughs) For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Yeah. So where do we most clearly behold him? In the proclamation of the gospel. Yes. Which is Christ sent, Christ living for us, dying for us, rising again for us. The good news of the gospel, there's a hero yes. who has done for you what you cannot do for yourself. Yes. And gives it all to you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And and the the fuel there. So now all of a sudden, I'll, I'll give you an example of this. Mm-hmm. I recently had the privilege, I was telling you, Nathan, of visiting some new friends. Yes. Um 
and uh, as far as I can discern, would not share our faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of a Catholic background, and um, but kind of nominal. Yep. And just to be able to, it was organic in our conversation. Yeah. The resurrection came up, or life after death. Yep. Person told me, I'm not sure. Sometimes the science just tells me there's oblivion awaiting. Mm-hmm. And it was, and and because they know this, and I know you're more of a man of faith. I don't know how that sits with you. I said, no, I, I understand what you're saying. You're thinking through. Let me tell you, when my logic takes me to the central claim of my faith, mm-hmm. which I think is the resurrection of Jesus, again, 1 Corinthians 15, if he didn't rise from the dead, nothing else matters. Yeah, We can talk all day about prayer and Bible. Who cares? Right. If he's dead and he never came back, Paul tells us, the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. So we, st- I just started saying how much the resurre- the historical fact of the resurrection means to me. Dude, it wasn't like I woke up that morning and thought, okay, um, I should tell somebody today about the resurrection of Jesus. Right. There's, in a sense, we live our lives. Yeah. We kind of live open it. We're honest with people. Man, I really screwed this thing up. I got no fear of telling it to anybody, Christian or non-Christian. Yeah. Because if I get an opportunity to talk about who Jesus is and what he's done, and this was organic, and he even set me up, it, it's it's an overflow. Yeah. And when I'm forcing it, because I want to be a good, dutiful little Christian, right? It's always miserable. Oh, not only that, it's awkward. It is awkward. It's awkward. And I mean, people can can tell it's awkward. Yeah. 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 I. Uh, no, I agree 100%. I mean, I I grew up in a tradition where, you know, you you went out and your purpose in going out was preaching the gospel. Yes. And I've come to understand that my life as a believer is to be preaching the gospel. Right. Not I intentionally go out at these times with track or whatever and hey, you know, here are the four spiritual laws and right. here's this and here's this and no, it's how do I interact with my friends? Yes. And it's it's relational. Yeah. It's relational, not task. Yeah. And yeah. in those moments, right, um, I, I am a, and, and there are many people listening to this who I'm sure, or maybe not, maybe, maybe everybody's agreeing with me, but, but I've encountered many people, right? I do a lot of traveling, um, flying, you know, East Coast to parents, all that stuff. And I very rarely will talk to people on the plane. Yeah. That I'm on the plane. I've got a few hours to just kind of collect my thoughts. Usually it's I'm not going somewhere on vacation. I'm going somewhere because I have something to do. And um, and so I'm trying to collect myself. So very rarely do I engage with people around me. Yes. However, if somebody's willing to engage with me, yes, that's different. And I can tell you out of out of the the times that I've traveled and out of the times that I've engaged with people, which is nothing, but out of the times they've engaged with me, there's an even smaller percentage where the gospel has come out. Yeah. And I remember growing up in a tradition where, well, you just sentenced that person to hell because what if you didn't preach the gospel oh, sure. to them? And now they've never heard the gospel. Well, first of all, you don't know that they've never heard the gospel. I don't know that they've never heard the gospel. Second of all, what does that do? Because we're we're actually given two commands, and they're equally weighty. It's not just to preach the gospel. It's also to make disciples. Yes. So giving somebody the gospel without making a disciple, we should consider that second command just as weighty as the first. Right. But we have this mentality, again... This goes to the grace thing, right? That well, wait a minute. We just—it's grace. We gotta—we gotta get them in the door, and, right, and then we're right, good. Right. It's like, well, no, 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 no. We also need to make sure that we're taking care and understand. Yeah. And so, does that mean that there's never a time where I can sit there and and present the gospel to someone in that situation? Because no, but that means that it it has to come up organically. And guess what? A lot of times it does. Yeah. Because of what I do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one of the questions, well, what do you do? I'm a teacher. Well, what do you teach? Well, before, there's a whole lot of stuff that I taught. Yeah. Right now, 
my teaching is relegated to theology. Right, 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 absolutely. (laughs) What's Um, that? Yeah. Dude, or you could do what I do, which Lisa says I push too much. Um, You know, I'm teaching... uh, I'm teaching ancient literature, uh, or I'm teaching, uh, you know, the history of thought. Yeah. Uh, if you want to cover <laughs> theology or something, and she's like, gosh, Greg, you, oh, and I probably do go a little far. You know, dude, I've always yeah. had the aversion to, to dropping right. anything that references what I do, not because I'm ashamed, but I want the most possible open door. Right. But let's think of this, dude. Even what you're describing, these scenarios yeah, where you encounter people, the more grace we we just absorb and take in, God's unconditional love for us, what Christ has done, I start trusting his providence more. Yes. Because everything he does is grace. And I start trusting this person's in my life. Yes. And I'll just tell you, what what I want to do is be the most normal person Mm -hmm. that isn't weird Mm -hmm. and isn't strange to just engender friendship, closeness. And then I get excited to see what God does in that sphere. Yes, because uh, he does stuff mm-hmm. like he turns conversations. He, I don't have to force it. Yeah, I think normally when you force it, you can tell. Oh yeah, um, it, it goes, and I, I just am thankful that oh, this came out organically. It was again an overflow. Yeah, of I trust just as God has saved me, I'm trusting that the people that He's populated my life with, He's got this. Yeah, He's got. Not I don't have this. Yes, I don't have. Okay, now I got to get everything in place because you're right. If, if, I, if I if I make the wrong choice, the gospel. Tell, well, I will. I will. I will say stupid stuff. Right. I'll do the wrong thing. <laughs> of course, I'm going to do that. Forget when it comes to the gospel in my everyday life. In I my, say stupid. Yes. Yeah, so. so then I think the gospel is telling me, Greg, that's why my son has done for you. Yes. What you couldn't do. Yes. That wasn't just for you in 1986 to get you in the door. Right. You need to hear that in 2023. Yes. If I'm here in 2030, if I'm here in 2040, until the day I go home, you need to hear this every single day. Yes. It's, it's dude, it's fresh air. Yeah. You know, you breathe that in, and you think, "Thank you, Lord. This is it. This good." Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kevin Marr, you know, he's been mm-hmm. on this podcast, and I were talking yesterday. Um, I can't remember who I heard say this. It might have been Ron Powell. Uh, from from true life, you know, a lot of folks yep. in our church who got connection to that ministry. It may have been him that you know. Kevin made a good point. He said, "A lot of Christians I meet, if you really listen to what they're saying, they're trying to get better at something." Yeah, I want to be a better evangelist. I want to be a better right. husband, even if it's an addiction. I, I want to overcome that addiction. Yeah, again, good things. Yeah, good things. But it becomes the primary focus. Right. And we, we said, you know what, I, I think I heard somebody that says, if you want to get better at something, get better at believing yeah. how good the gospel is. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And then everything else seems yeah. to fall in place. Yeah. And, dude, I think of, um, you know, you, you, okay, here's an example. We saw friends recently um, mm-hmm. that are kind of new friends. You know, they hosted us in their house in Cooperstown. Yep. Um, Lisa and I drove home. They were such wonderful hosts, dude. We didn't even have a conversation like, oh, let's do the right thing. Yeah. We wanted to send them a gift. Yeah. And as we're driving home, we said, oh, I wish we'd left them a little parting gift when we left. Um, it, you know, we, we didn't view it. it we, we just were, were driving home thinking, yeah. oh, we just want to send them a gift. Yeah. It wasn't, it didn't feel like work. Yep. It didn't, we didn't, you know, I mean, we're not millionaires, so we sure. can't do everything on its own. But we thought this is a something we can do, and uh, so we sent them something, and and you know, we just pulled it up you know, on the phone right there. And yep. Got, I said this is their address, etc. Um, dude, that we do that all the time without thinking about it. Yeah. And it never feels like work. Yeah. I guess technically, oh, we it costs money, right? Time of your day. Some thought, some planning, some organization. Yeah. But when it's an overflow of what? A relationship. Yeah. A connection. Yeah. And that's the healthiest place we can be. Yeah. So because, you know, sometimes we hear this a lot. The, the, in, the, the fancy term is antinomianism. Yep. And I've been accused of antinomianism by some sincere Christians. And for those listening, antinomianism 
is the belief. It really means against the law. Yeah. I could say a lot about that. And we'll right. save that for another topic. Right. But the shorthand version is, oh, yeah, Greg's one of these guys that just teaches you just do whatever you want. Uh, you, God gives you fire insurance, uh, and you, know, you just eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, in the meantime, it's it's kind of a, a sin doesn't matter, mm-hmm. life doesn't matter. And here's, I've thought about this a lot. Yeah. I I think it was Luther who said, every faithful gospel preacher should be accused of being antinomian mm. because Paul was. Yeah. That's why you see him responding to the objection he knows is rising in people's mind. Right. What shall we sin that grace may abound? Right. Never be. Right. But the answer is not law. Right. The answer is more grace. Right. And understanding of right. grace. Dude, when people grace me. Right. Oh, dude. Yeah. Things happen in my heart. Yes. I mean, on a human level. Yes. I've come to appreciate, dude, I don't want to embarrass you. You're like this. How many times, dude, with my, and you know this about me, my, my disorganizational <laughs> side. Hey, we're going to meet at this time. You text me, dude. Oh, dude. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we were going to spend four hours, and I totally forgot. And, and thank you, Nathan. Sure. You're always kind, gracious. You probably know, oh, what a shock. Don't you forgot something? I appreciate it. Might be a running joke. <laughs> yes, ongoing joke. My friend Scott Perry's been on this podcast. Yep. Is that kind of 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 person in my life I've always appreciated because when I screw up, it never feels like a performance. Yeah. Like you're you're keeping track. Now I've had some other people in my life that have literally said this to me, dude. And you know, oh, we've had you over three times. We you haven't had us over once. Dude, now they're probably expressing some hurts and pain. Sure. But can I tell you what I do? I run. Yeah. Because I feel the crushing weight of the expectation. Yeah. And it's a different, different relationship. Yeah. It's a law-based relationship. Yeah. Things are good when I transact this way and you respond with the appropriate transaction. Yeah. Dude, in relationships that's poisonous. Yeah. It's toxic. There's no grace. There's no understanding. I think it's ultimately because the way God has set things to be, we grace each other. Yes. And it actually makes us closer to each other. Yes. Doesn't and in those relationships, hey Nathan, man, you hurt me. Hey Greg, you hurt me with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're we're saying this, but even that is an overflow right. of a relationship. Yes. And a commitment like I care about you. Yes. I love you. So uh, even the hard things we have to do yes. should overflow from grace. Yeah. But yeah, I could tell, dude, you were at when you had the 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 people keeping track. Yeah. Isn't it yeah, exhausting? Yeah, it really, it really is. It's just oh you, you and you can't you can't ever get out from that, right? No. And that's that's the whole thing, right? When people talk about antinomianism, I think the problem is I don't think they fully understand what the law is about. I agree. And I think that's really where it comes from is the law is not meant for us to keep because we can't keep it. No. We're supposed to. Don't yep. get me wrong. We are supposed to, but we can't. The law is a reflection of who we are. Yep. And that's what the law is. It's a reflection of who we are. Yep. And so at the end of the day... If we know that the law is a reflection of this and we will never live up to it, then what else do we have other than grace? Right. Oh, well said, dude. And that's that's what we've got. There well is said. nothing else. So Yeah, yeah. I, and I think, Nathan, the more we, we proclaim the gospel to ourselves, yes. I think the more um loving, yes, gracious our hearts get bigger. Yes. I mean, the answer to oh, well, what about sin doesn't matter? Isn't well. Let's get a little law in there to keep us in check. Right. That's just behavior modification. Right. Anybody can do that. Right. Dude, we, we do that to our pets. Right. You know. Yeah. Pavlovian conditioning. Right. Right. No, that's not what you do, dude. So you get a treat when you do this. You don't right. get a treat if you do if 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 you mess on the floor. It, it. Who wants that? Yeah. Dude, I don't want that. Yeah. Give them grace. Right. Uh, give each other grace. Give us grace because this is how God treats. I mean, dude. Every single day. Yeah. I love Lamentations, but his mercies are new. Yes. Every morning. Yes. It's just a, an Old Testament way yeah. of whispering what we know, what Jesus has accomplished for us, right. 
And, um, you know, so I hope those that are listening, I know we're, we're going to wrap up mm-hmm. here, uh, really get a sense of what a grace-centered life looks like. Yes. And if you want to send us questions about that, because I know a topic mm-hmm. as big as this, what about this? What about that? Yeah. What about this? Um, you know, I, I think, uh, dude, I'm going to look for something. Yeah. Well, while you're doing that, so if you do want to send us questions um, about this topic, remember you can send them through our email address. These go to 11 and then the number 15 at gmail.com. These go to 11. That's all spelled out. And then uh, the numbers one five at gmail.com. You can send us questions through there. You can Facebook message us. Um, You can put it right on the um, uh, right on the Facebook page if you want. If you don't care if it's out there for the public, or you can go ahead and send us a private message. You can send us uh, Twitter if you follow us on Twitter. Uh, send us a message on Twitter, or again, you can send it right there on the front page uh, or Instagram. So, and actually, we did have because these do drop on YouTube. We have had questions come through YouTube comments oh, before, absolutely. so you can send us uh, questions through YouTube comments. So. Any number of our formats or platforms, uh, you yeah, can feel free. Yeah, please do, because we love to interact. I get some emails, you get some emails, yep. which is great. But just, you know, um, to do it, I did find it, dude. Mm-hmm. This is Tully and Chavidjan, yep. who we've had on in the past before. Yep. He actually, he and I talked about this once in person. The quote, it's a little hard to see, but imagine this is a quote from some other well-meaning Christian. Yeah. Yes, you are free from condemnation, but... That doesn't mean dot, dot, dot. And then he writes, geez, before people have a chance to take one deep breath of grace and feel free and unburdened for perhaps the first time in their lives, the religious suffocators come in and rip off all their oxygen masks. Yes. Right. Yeah. So a lot of people want to, yeah, but what about, and sometimes, why are you asking what about? Right. Let's breathe this in. Isn't this what Paul does in Galatians? Yeah. Right. This is what Paul does in Galatians, and so much so that he confronts Peter because of it. Yes, he does. You know, it's he like does. what what are you doing? What are you thinking? You know the truth that it's the grace of God that prevails. Yep. It's Christ's death on the cross, and yet you're forcing these Gentiles to bear a burden that even we couldn't bear. Yep. And this is long after Pentecost. Yes. I I love that it's Galatians chapter one, and it appears that my best read of it is I think that it looks like Peter's given into some fear, the yep. religious suffocators. Which makes sense. I mean, that yeah. was kind of Peter's that was Peter's track record. It was. And they're, they're, they're putting the pressure on him. Yep. Hey, if you want to be a faithful Jew. And uh, and Paul Paul opposed him to his face. And Publicly. basically said, yeah, your behavior is out of sync with what? Not a Christian code. Right. The good news. Yeah. The gospel. Yeah. Because the gospel is always what fuels us. Yes to live uh, thankfully, graciously. And what I love to uh, is it's not to pay back anything. Yeah. Because the gospel, t- there's nothing to pay back. Right. You couldn't. Right. Dude, it always reminds remember that scene at the end of Saving Private Ryan? Yes. One of my favorites. I've shown it before when we could show video in the yep. past, but before our stream would get shut down. But with the older version of Matt Damon. Yeah. Your Private Ryan, he's there at Normandy with his grandchildren and now you've seen the whole film. Yep. You know, the younger version was portrayed by uh Matt Damon. Uh yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, yep. by uh, uh by Matt Damon and you know Tom Hanks is the guy who yep. who's the last man say you have eight uh, this special contingent of eight soldiers yep. that all die for him. Yep. to get him out. And he has this overwhelming moment at Normandy. Remember he turns yes. to his wife. Was I a good man? Yeah. Oh. Did did I and she's like, oh, of course, and of course. And I take that to mean he knows. I mean, anybody knows. You can't live a life that's worthy of eight other right. men's deaths. But you can live in light yes. of that sacrifice. Well, you notice, right, that's Tom Hanks's question to him at the end is earnest. Earnest, yeah. And, and we go to have I lived in light of this sacrifice, right? right? Because, again... And 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 we have to appreciate that that's what Tom Hanks meant. Right. Oh, I agree. You know, yeah, like earn it is it earn this is the the, yeah. the cinematic. Yes. The the it, because logically, when so well, right. you can't earn eight men's lives yes. with one life, it just doesn't work. Right. But the the effect. Yes. Of what those men did. Yes. To rescue him. Right. And this is what Paul does in light of the sacrifice, sacrifice. that Christ has made. It's Romans twelve. View of God's mercy. 
Yes. Li- offer yourselves yes. as living sacrifices, right? It, it, exactly. There's the overflow. Yes. There's the overflow. And you're fueled yes. by that. You're empowered by that. Yes. It's not a debtor's ethic. Right. Because it's you can't. Right. Can you imagine if we had, all you got to do, Nathan, is live a life worthy of Jesus and what he's done. You're like, ain't doing that. Right. <laughs> First of all, I look back at my previous Just give me years. an F. Just give, yeah, me, just an give F. me an F. <laughs> It's like Brian Regan with the uh, the science. Just give me an F and let me go home. Um, can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. So, yeah, I agree. That That's the one tricky thing about yeah. that. When I've used that before, yeah. I'm like, he does say earn this. Yeah. But you, I love what you said. But you know that's not what he, because. Yeah. Because he knows. He's, he knows he he's can. the one who's made this journey yeah. to go and get him. He's yes. seen the sacrifice. But he and, does ask. Did I live my life yeah. in light of that? And of course, you know, the good news of that is his wife and his family mm. is comforting him right. there. But he's so aware of the gravity. Yeah. And it's and again, preaching the gospel to yourself. Yeah. This is what Jesus has done for me. This is who he is for yes. me. Yes. One, it's assuring. Yes. It's two. But other, it's inspiring. Right. And the motivation comes. And let me take that just a little further because what would happen if we would have tracked Damon from that point to that point? Yeah. Right. I mean, we we assume that he is when we see him at the beginning, very beginning and very end, he is yeah. at the end of his life. Yeah, it looks that way, yeah. And um, the question becomes, what did he look like in each moment? Mm-hmm. Did he ever argue with his wife? I'm sure he did. I'm sure, yeah. Did he ever yell at his children? Yeah. I'm sure he did. Right. Did he ever, you know, swear at his boss or, you know, blow up on something? Mm. I'm sure he did. Yeah. You know, th- that's that. that's not it. It's It's... Right when we come to the full sum of it, right when Christ looks at us, and right. this is this is even better news, right? Because all of the things that I've done, God doesn't look at me and say, "Oh, Nathan, you uh, you know you you were angry at your wife again, you know, Nathan, you uh, you know you flicked off that person in traffic, yeah, you know you uh, you know you were angry at that person for cutting you off, yeah. and uh, you know all these things came out of your mouth. It's he looks at his son on the cross, right. and that's where he see that he sees that, and then he looks at me, and he sees his son's perfectness. That yes, he never got inappropriately angry. Yep, he never sassed his mother. Yep, he never took anyone for granted. He never took advantage of anyone, no. and that's who he sees is his perfect son's righteousness placed over me, and all of my mess and garbage was placed on him yeah. over two thousand years ago. It's incredible, dude. And you're right. That's where every human analogy, it gets us there. Yeah. But it always breaks down. Yep. Because this is the only story. Yes. And that's why it should be. It's too good to be true. Yep. But it's true. But it's true. And on that note, Greg, we just rocked the Caspa. Loved it. Thank you again for listening to These Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.